1 Samuel chapter 15. I start leaping a little bit in my spirit when Prophetess Walton started reading that scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Because some of that lines right up to what God has given us for today. And we're going to read chapter 2 and 3, and then we're going to start at chapter 7. And we may just read the rest of that chapter. Is that all right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Second Samuel chapter 15, verse 2 and 3. It reads as follows. It says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way, when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. Y'all listen to this closely now. But slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Verse 7 says, and Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repented me that I have set up Saul to be king. Amen. Now, don't get that word to say repented. Don't, don't get that word twisted. That, that just means that God changed his mind about how he's going to deal with him now. Amen. Because God knows what he's doing. For he is turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel. And he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a place and is gone about and passed on and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou, thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Samuel said, what meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears? What is this man I hear in the back? And the lowing of the oxen which I hear. And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, 
Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord had said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king of Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but this fly upon the spoil and this evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took up the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, the sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord hath rejected thee from being king of Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said unto him, the Lord had rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and had given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel would not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now. I pray thee before the elders of my people and before Israel. and Turn again with me that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then, then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he in other words, the Lord changed his mind that he had made Saul king over Israel. Verse 22 and verse 23 is where we will take our topic 
from today. It says this, and Samuel said, Hath the Lord as, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected thee from being king. In my topic today, as you're standing, in May of this year, Burger King decided to change a 40-year slogan that they used to have. They had a slogan, and some of y'all remembered, have it your way. And so uh, they changed the slogan in May of this year. And what they changed that slogan to is indicative of the way the world is at this moment. When you begin to look at it, because they changed the slogan in favor of a more personal slogan that says, be your way. And so simply my topic Today is simply this, Burger King Saint. It might sound a little corny, it might sound a little frivolous, but Burger King Saint. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, this is not Burger King. Look back at him and say, you cannot have it your way. Put your hands together. You may be seated right where you are. That's my topic today, a Burger King saint. We look at this, and, and not only that, it makes us think about the song, Brother Meshach, of Frank Sinatra. He had a song that said, I did it my way. Not God's way, but I did it my way. We see when we look at the background of this text today that Saul had been commanded by God to utterly destroy, in other words, to kill all of the Amalekites and their cattle. Instead of doing so, he preserved the head of the snake. He preserved the king. He preserved King Agag. And not only that, when, when you look at it, you know, when he, when, when he called to count for this, he called, was called in to count for this, and he declared that he did what was right. And so when you look at it, when they asked Samuel, Samuel asked Saul, what did you do? And he said, well, I obeyed the Lord. But how many of y'all know Partial obedience is not obedience at all. When called to account for this, he declared that he did it with the view of offering sacrifice to God. But Samuel replied at once with the assurance that such sacrifices were no excuse for an act of direct rebellion. And in so doing, he altered 
what he was getting ready to say to him. And he said, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. Because Saul only obeyed to a point. And when you only obey to a point, it's disobedience. It's all or none. Hello, somebody. And so what you have to understand, God had, had given Saul some pretty simple instructions. He told him, he said, go attack the Amalekites. Totally destroy everything that belongs to them as well. Because you got to understand, whatever belonged to them that God told you, oh my God, to destroy and you didn't destroy, it becomes a curse to you. Oh, come on, somebody in the house. And so what you have to understand here, here we go, a Burger King saint. Going to do it the way they want to do it. Oh, come on, somebody in the house. And so we see here that when we look at this, now, just to give you a little bit more background, Amalek was the grandson of Esau, his descendants called the Amalekites, were the relentless enemy of Israel. Amen, somebody. It's like what the enemy, the devil's trying to do to you right now. So there was a time that back in Genesis 36 and 12, if you want to write that down, when the children of Israel came out of Egyptian bondage, the, Amalekite, the Amalekites cowardly attacked them. And what they did, they made an attack upon the feeble of the children of Israel, upon the weary at the rear of Israel's ranks. Those that were walking and they, they, couldn't, they just could get along, they attacked the weak. And how many of y'all know God didn't let it go? Oh, my God. He, God did not let that go. It was the act that prompted God to command that Israel would have war continually with Amalek until they were eradicated. And so here we are in this text today. And so what we have to understand that God knew that the Amalekites would seek to do his people harm in the future. So he said, you got to take them out now. Some of the stuff that you're holding on to now will do you harm in the future if you don't kill it. Oh, come on, somebody in here. And so you have to understand God always repays sin. He don't let it go. The only way you can, you can stay God's hand, oh my God, is come back and die before him on the ground and say, Lord, forgive me and mean it with your heart. And still sometime then, amen, there's, there's, because of the seeds that you planted, things come back on you. But God will keep you, amen, just like he did Paul. Oh my God, can I preach this like I feel it? And so what, when you look at this, the instructions God gave to, to Saul seem gruesome. But what you got to understand, God can see further than you can. He sees around the corner. Amen. That little thing that you want to hold on to, the little black book that you still got, he sees all around the corner. If you keep holding on to that bottle, it's going to mess you up later on. Amen, somebody. Oh, but you want to do it your way. Oh, come on, somebody. 
And so when we look at this, well, Saul was king. Saul could have stopped the whole thing. He could have stopped the people from taking the spoils. He, he could have stopped the people from taking the best of the cattle because they had a curse on them. Why? Because anything that you lay hands on that God spoke against is a curse to you. And so all oh, they said, we're we, we going to do it our way. I'm going to do what seems right to me. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, I'm going down the road now. I'm going down it. And, and, and see, it's, and, and now what he was doing, it was just blatant rebellion. He spared the head of the snake. He spared the king. He spared the best of the cattle and the best of the sheep. Killed everything else that, that seemed like they had a disease or something was wrong with it. Did what he wanted to do. What made sense to him. How many people y'all know today, they do, despite what the word says, they do what makes sense to them? See, what you got to understand, a lot of things that you don't understand about God because you're not God. God knows that. There's a lot of things that we don't understand. So when God say do it, do it. When Jesus turned the water into wine, into new wine, and what you got to understand, at the same time, they were questioning his mother Mary. Mary looked at him and said, just do it. If you want to see the miracle, just do it. Anybody want to see a miracle in here? Just be obedient to his word. Oh, my God, my God. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, y'all. Amen. I don't like the devil. I want to kick him right in his teeth right now. Anybody with me in here that don't like Now, if he's your boyfriend, you, it's all right. But if you don't like him, shout glory to God up in here right now. Woo! My God, my God. Everything that you went through, amen, that, made, that got you upset this past week, it was because of the devil. Amen, somebody. And so what we have to understand is when we look at this, Saul did his own thing. He didn't care about the Amalekites. But then he felt, I don't want to waste no good state. I, I don't want to waste them good sheep, them, them good cattle right there. And so let me spare King Agag because he know people. Oh, see, here's some of us right here. You know, he know people, and maybe he can hook me up with a job later on down the road. Because, see, he the king. I know he didn't. I know he didn't kill some of our people and everything. Amen. But if I get close to him, amen, he might be able to help me. I, I might can make a business deal with him. So I'm gonna kill everybody but him. How many of y'all know if they told you they were a snake in the beginning? There's still a snake now. When you bought the little snake before he got big, amen, you knew he was a snake then. Oh, come on, somebody. When, when the snake showed their hand, amen, they still a snake. I don't care how pretty they look. I don't care what kind of colors they got. I don't care how they look at you and all that kind of stuff. It's still a snake. High five your neighbor said, that's still a snake, baby. That's still a snake. That's why they call a snake cunning. Because that joker, amen, he's so pretty the way he slides. All this kind of stuff, you know. But it's still a snake. 
When, when, when I begin to read stories sometimes about snakes, amen, that grew up in people's house, amen, and end up killing their children, amen, the only thing I say, they knew it was a They knew it was a snake in the beginning. Woke up and the snake done squeezed the kids and swallowed them. Amen. You knew it was a snake in the beginning. Get that snake out of your Somebody give him praise up in here. You got to kill a snake. Amen. Every time I see a snake, it reminds me of the devil. I don't care if it's a little green snake about that big. I'm taking him out. Amen. I'm taking that joker out. I'm going to roll up with the car. Rule, rule. I'm taking this joker out. I'm Amen. So take him out. Somebody shout, take him out. Woo! Forget that talking about, oh, he's just a rat snake. He's he, he getting some of the rats. No, I'm taking, I get the rats with some poison, but I'm taking this joker out. Somebody shout. Say, take him out. If you got a pet snake, or let me let me make a disclaimer. If you got a pet snake, don't bring it around me. Because we going to have that joker funeral, I'm telling y'all now. If he get out and crawl down to my house, I'll tell you where I buried him at. Amen, somebody. I'm telling y'all the truth. My wife knew. I, one time I was in my yard when we had, we had a house in, 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 in North Carolina. I was in my yard. I was standing out there. In the face, I was talking to somebody. And we were talking, and I looked, and I saw something moving over there behind the guy. We were having a good conversation. I said, wait a minute. And he was looking around. I said, I'll be right back. <laughs> anybody in here like, anybody in here hate snakes like I do? Amen. I mean, 95% of y'all. Okay. I went in the house. And got old breakdown. You know what old breakdown is, don't you? That shotgun. I broke him down. And I said, back up, bro. Took his head off. Put the gun down, and we carried on our conversation. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. I get the rats. I don't need a snake to do it for me. Amen. Look at you. Tell your neighbor, say, get that snake out of the house. See, I'm, I'm, see, see, it might be a person. Oh, come on, somebody. It might be somebody you allowing to hang around, Saul. Amen. You might see, see, you 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 might have an agag. You want them to you want to get, let them hang around, but the devil is a lie. Amen. Somebody. See, let, see, let, let, here it is. See, when we talk about a Burger King saint, there was an elder one time trying to uh, trying to convince a, a doctor. He told him, he said, look, he said now. I, I'm trying to explain to you what consecration to God is. Because the doctor wanted to serve God in a way where he just come to church. You know, he got his, his, his doctors, his, his practice and everything. He just wanted to come to church and warn one pew. He didn't want to really, you know, give it all to give, him, give all to God, you know. And, and so the elder was trying to explain to him about you, you got to give, give everything to him. You got to come on, man. You know, and, and he said, and, and he said, let, he said, well, okay, let me, let, me, let me explain to you this way. What if you had a patient, and and and, and the patient, you you get, you told the patient everything that you want them to, you you, you gave them the report and said, here's what you need to do. But they said, I'm not doing all of that. 
I'm just going to do what makes sense to me. So then the doctor said, well, that, that, that I would not have them as a patient. The great physician, <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's saying the same thing. If you can't do what I told you to do, then I can't have you as one of my patients. If you do what I tell you to do, it's guaranteed to work. Amen, somebody. Somebody give him praise in here. But you got to do what God told you to do. You can't do it your way. Everybody now, amen, 95% probably of the people in the United States right now, amen, want to do it their way. We got a lot of Burger King saints. Want to do it their way. Oh, my God. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not true. I, I, I hope that's not you. See, obedience has to be at the very heart of your relationship with God. Unhealthy connection, unhealthy relationship, that's what you will have without giving all of you to God. Amen, somebody. You have to understand with God, obedience is not optional. I say it's not optional. And what you have to understand when you obey God, he's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you. Oh, my God. See, what happens a lot of times, we feel like we know better than God. Or some of us feel like we're more intelligent. Oh, my God. Amen, somebody. See, if, if, if you're having a hard time listening to this right here, it could be that you think you are more. Uh, you think you're more intelligent than God. Now, I, I, I'm going to let you know, but li listen here. This is my first point. And, and get it and get it good. Your service and your sacrifice are not an excuse to allow sin. Amen, somebody. I don't care if you're rich, if you pay a whole lot in the offering, that's, that's not an excuse to sin. See, there's some people think because I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a big support to the church, you know, and I pay all that money, y'all should still let me smoke and drink. See, that's a Burger King saint. Want to do it that way. I sing on the choir, so if I sing on the choir, I should be able to club at least on Saturday night. That's a Burger King saint. Amen, somebody. You got to understand. You know, see, a Burger King saint, they would get on everybody else about sin except for their cousin. They'll pull everybody else to the side in the church, deep except for their relatives. Their cousin can get away with it, but you can't. I'm preaching real hard right now. I'm going to encourage myself. Boy, go ahead on and preach this. Amen, somebody. See, a Burger King saint want to do everything their way. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I hope that's not you. I, I really do. See, you got to say, God must have your whole life. His directions must be implicitly followed. Amen, somebody. You can't go off on your own little road. You got to follow what God told you to do. Because if you follow him, it works. Amen, somebody. Just because you teach the women on Monday don't mean you can curse on Tuesday. 
Amen, somebody in here. Just because you teach Sunday school, don't give you a, oh, oh my God, that don't give you the right to shout. Oh, come on, somebody in the house. You got to understand, it's God's way or no way. Just because, amen, you go to church, that don't give you the right to love somebody of the same sex. God speaks against that. Hello, somebody. I just need five that ain't scared right there of the gospel and not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ to give God a praise. You got to understand, just because they make it law, don't make it right with God. You got to understand that Saul was the king. Oh, he could call the shots oh, in his city, in his country, oh, and over his kingdom, but he did not call the shots for God. God said, if you disobey, and oh my God, I'm going to whip everything from you that I gave you. Understand that everything you have right now, God gave it to you. Your house, your car, your job, them clothes, them shoes, that pocketbook, that wallet, amen, that Gucci bag you got. God gave you all that. I just want to know if somebody go give him praise right now for what he gave you, for your family, for your children, for your home, for your mama, for your dad. God gave you. Saul forgot that God gave him the kingdom. See, when you get beside yourself, you forget that God gave it to you, Burger King Saint. You want to drive through the drive-thru, but you don't want to come in and sit down and talk to God like you should. Somebody shout glory up in here. The Burger King Saint want all the goodies, amen, but they won't sit down, amen, and talk and get it right. My God, my God. Whew. I feel like preaching till the walls start shaking up in here. Somebody give him praise in this place. got to understand just because I'm the pastor, amen, and, and some of y'all might admire me just a little bit, that don't mean I can go and commit adultery, amen. I got to understand that. I got to live for God. I got to walk his word. I got to live his word. I got to speak his word. I got to think his word. When I do that, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Everything my hand touch, God will bless the work of my hand. If somebody come against me, the enemy will flee seven ways. Everybody that touch me, that come around me, will be blessed. Somebody shout glory! Somebody give him praise in this house. My God, my God. Oh, my God, my God. My God, my God. My God, my God. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Because everything that you do in private, God sees it. Amen. Everything that you do, the eyes of the Lord is on it. See, Burger King think they don't, don't even, they, they, they don't even cross their mind. But when you understand and recognize who God really is in your life, oh, come on, somebody. Amen. You, whoo, amen. When you, you get ready to do something, and, and you know, and, and you look up and say, You get ready to put it between the mouth. Why? Because the eyes of the Lord are in every place. That's what the scriptures say. Beholding the evil and the good. 
Oh, good God Almighty. Amen. You know, I, I'm, I'm, telling you, I'm praying for these pastors right now that's trying to soften it up. Because what you got to understand is Saul started out right. Saul started out humble. Saul started out pious. He was a giver. Saul started out bringing the people together. Amen. But you can mess around and start looking at everything and, mess, and, and, and trip up and think you did it. And then you start doing things your way. You get where church is the bottom of your list. And you feel, and you start thinking everything that you did. You start falling into humanism. And you think that everything that you have, you did it because of your smartness. Oh, because you're so wise. Because you're so smart. But God can just flip his fingers just like he did with King Nebuchadnezzar and take his mind. And I don't care if you have a hundred billion dollars. Your mind, oh my God. With your mind gone, it makes nothing. It it's nothing. It's dumb. It's nothing to that. Nothing you can do because your mind is gone. And God said, don't play with me. He said, don't play. Just because, see, there's folk like that. They think, that, you know, that they, all they got, they come to church and all that stuff. I'm good. I don't really have to, I don't really have to give no praise. I, I don't really have to, have to give myself up, you know, to, you know, I, I'm going to just do it my way. When they say, give God a praise, you know, that, 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 you know I'm, I'm really too dignified. I just got these shoes yesterday. I might get a scar on these shoes. And, you know, I can't get a scar on these shoes. I just got this suit, you know, and if I get a riff in it, you know, and Lord knows I can't, if I rip these stockings and some of the, some of the ladies see that, you know, and let them see it. Just look at when they look down and say, I've been praising. So I've been praising. That's how I, I've been giving God praise. Because the, the, the thing about it is, if God can give it through you, he'll give it to you. Amen. Amen. When, when you are blessed, when you don't mind giving, you don't mind helping folks, God will say, I'm going to continue to bless you. Why? Because you know what to do with it. That's why when he gave the five talents, when he gave the two talents and the one, the one that had one went and buried his. So he took his and gave it to the one that had five because he knew what to do with it. I, oh, my God. I came to summon you. I came to ask you a question. Do you know what to do? with it. If you do, give God praise right now. If he put praise in your mouth, if he put it in there, give him praise right now. If he gave you a voice, what are you going to do with it? They got a song that says, if I can just wave my hand, but I'm glad today I can do more than wave my hand. I can shout victory. I can shout to the high. I can tell him I love him. I can say, Lord, I thank you. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Look at your neighbor and say, take responsibility, take responsibility. See, 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 that's my third point. And let me tell y'all something. Let me tell y'all, let, let me make myself comfortable because I'm going to preach this like I fit it. You got to understand there's some folk right now, there's some folk preaching that say you, that we don't have to obey the commandments of God. And, 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 and what they're saying is that they're saying because God knew we couldn't do it anyway. But what you have to understand, our God 
is a God that he said, if I say it, you can do it. I'm talking about the, the same God that said, let there be. So if God said, keep my commandment, his word alone gives you the power to be able to do it. So now if we look at Deuteronomy, and I'm going to read this real quick, y'all. Right if we look at Deuteronomy 11, 26 to 28, it says, see, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord, your God, that I am giving you today. The curse if you, dis if you disobey the command. Exodus 15 and 26 says, it says, we're told, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Well, I had somebody, you know, that would probably tell me, Right there, uh, uh, Deacon Walton, they would probably, I mean, Elder Walton, they would probably tell me, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, in the New Testament, John 14 and 15 said, Jesus says, he says this, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Well, Brother Owen, Somebody might say there, that's when Jesus was here. That was before he was crucified. Well, 1 John 5 and 3 declares, this is love for God, to obey his commands. And it says, and his commands are not burdensome. In other words, he gives you everything that you need to obey what he has told you to do. Let the obedient folks shout glory up in here if you don't mind. How many of y'all know the devil is a liar? And so when we look, it says take responsibility. We see Saul here, he tried, he tried to pass the buck. They, when they asked Saul about, Saul said, well, the people wanted to, they, 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 you know, they needed some, some meat in the refrigerator, and the people kept the cattle. They, they took the best ones. The, the people, they, they did that. When he, all he had to do was say, huh, don't touch it. But he wanted to blame everything else on somebody else. Don't try to blame your sin. on somebody else. There's a lot of people that would try to blame. I don't care how ugly they treat you. I don't care how bad it was. I don't care. But you still cannot blame your sin on somebody else. God said in his word, he said, with the temptation, when you're tempted to do the sin, I will give you a way of escape. So high-five your neighbor and say, take it. If somebody, God say, I'm going to give you a escape route out the back. Take it. 
Don't stand up in there and want to blame them. All the Take the route. Get out of there. My God, my God. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. Oh, my God, my God. Somebody shout, take it. Somebody shout, take it. Oh, that sounds good. Say it again. Say, take it. My God, my God. And see, what you have to understand, by Saul's rebellion, Saul sacrificed his entire kingdom. He sacrificed his once friend, Samuel. He sacrificed his relationship with God because he wanted to do it all his way. Simply because he wanted to do it his way. So he started blaming everybody else. When they asked him about it, he's going to blame everybody else. Oh, they did it. So the last point I want to give you is simply this, and you've heard it before. Humble yourself. We see here that, 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 that Saul was so arrogant, y'all. Saul was so arrogant that when Samuel told him to repent, he said, well, he, he said, well I, I, want, I want you to, you know, acknowledge me in, in front of the people first, you know, before, you, before I repent. I'm still trying to protect his image. See, you got to understand, folk now won't repent because they're still trying to protect their little image. They want to look good before the people. They want, you know, they're not even thinking about heaven or hell. Or they want to look good in front of everybody. But I'm telling you right now, if it means making heaven, I bow. I don't care if it's you or your mama standing in front of me. I'm going to bow and say, Lord, forgive me. Take me back. I messed up, take me back, take me back, I'm sorry, my God, my God, you got to understand, that's how David knew how to get to God, he knew how to praise God, that was the key of David, they talk about the key of David, David's key was praise, every time he messed up, he came back to God and said, God, forgive me, don't take your Holy Spirit from me, Lord, I got to give you praise right now, I'm sorry, David was quick to come back. Somebody put your hands together for our Lord and say. See, pride will mess you up. Pride will cause you to try to protect your image. Pride will keep you from coming to the altar when you know you're about to lose everything. You still, you still want folks to think you're cute. Saul still. I tell you what, come on. Come on, Samuel. Take, you know. Acknowledge me before the people, all the people. And then after we do that, then I'm going to turn and give God praise. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a Burger King saint right there. Won't, won't, won't just turn right there and drop and say, Lord, forgive me. They still got, even coming to repent, they got to do it their way. Now, I, I'm not, don't, don't y'all go in Burger King starting to mess. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to tell you a principle. Amen, somebody. And Burger King just happened to be on the road. Amen, when God was talking to me about this. Amen, somebody. And, and so then he said, well, you know, he said, well, wait a minute now, you, you said the people did. He said, then he went a little further. He said, well, because I feared the people. He the king now, because I, I feared the people. See, you, you got to understand, see, you need a king like they had in Nineveh. 
Oh, come on, somebody. When Jonah came through that preaching that word, that king said, turn, he said, everybody, I'm putting everybody. Didn't he say, he said, I'm putting everybody on a fast. He said, he put, even putting the animal. He said, don't even feed the animal. All y'all fasting with us. You ain't going to be around here barking. Amen. We going to put all y'all on a fast. Everything that mute, everything to me out. Amen. We going to put everything, put the food in the back. Amen. Everybody going to be on a fast. Amen. And you know what? God changed his mind about destroying the city. God will change his mind and turn your situation around. Oh, somebody shout glory up in here. If you give God a praise. He said, I'm the king. He said, I'm telling everybody to praise God up in here. The true and living God. That's all Saul had to do. But Saul fell in rebellion. And what's so dangerous about that thing, they said that, he said, look, Samuel told him, he said, let me tell you something. He said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. What he meant by witchcraft, he said, you might as well be worshiping the devil. He said, that's devil worship. Oh, my God. And he said, you, you, you rebelling against God, and, and then you want to try to play a game when we ask you about it? You want to try to game us now? Talking about, oh, they did it. Oh, well, I feared the people. Oh, well, you know, what? I figured we could sacrifice this meat, amen, hey, to God, amen. God don't want nothing sacrificed to him that you stole. Oh, we can, we can, we can sacrifice this. Somebody said, uh-uh. He said, that is of the sin of witchcraft. And he said, not only that, he said, it is it's selfishness. It is self-gratitude. He said, that's why, he said, that, that's why he began to now talk about idolatry. Why? Because when you put yourself before God, you become the idol that you worship in front of God. Oh, my God. He said, it's you. You the one. You done put yourself. Let me tell you something else. Let me tell you what he did. He then, when Samuel first went looking for him, he had come through, and they said he'd already came through, and to Gilgal and all that. He could, but when he went through, he set up a monument for himself. Not to God now. He set up a monument for himself. He was so ate up with pride, preach. He, he set up a monument for himself. The only other one that they talk about in the Bible that did that, I'm not talking about, about an idol god, they set up a monument for themselves, was Absalom when he rebelled against his father David. Set up a monument for himself. He set that up before, amen, he went and uh, supposed to have been doing something for God, but he too busy setting stuff up for himself. What are you setting up for yourself when you're supposed to be doing something for God? Oh, my God. You know why? You know why a lot of people couldn't get to church today? Now, I know some folk had legitimate reasons, but I'm talking about the churches all over the city that are preaching the word, preaching it and, and preaching it the right way. You know why a lot of folk couldn't get there? They were too busy sitting up a monument for themselves. Something else they had that they said is more important than God. There's someone sitting up something for them to say, well, well you, you coming to church today? No, I got to sit up something. Well, you can get that. Well, you know, I, if, if I finish this in time, 
I might stop by. If I can get this done. Burger King sank. Burger King sank ascend their tithe, but they won't come. And when you question them, they say, you know, well, I thought my tithe. Your tithe don't save your soul. Your tithe is something that you do because you love God out of obedience. Amen, somebody. There's some folk that will come. See, that's, this is another phase of the Burger King saying. They will come, but they'll act like hell all week. Cussing all on the job and everything, then inviting people to their church. Why don't you come down? Yeah, we, yeah, we start at 10. Well, we have a good time. Now, they didn't cuss three or four folk out. Burger King saying. Like I said, Burger King saying, come through the drive through get prayer, and right on. Keep on driving. See, you, you know, I, I, I wasn't going to read all of that. But, that, but when I became, God said, no, he said, read all of it. I said, well, Lord, maybe that's too much reading. Not God said, no, read it all. Because everybody needs to hear this. Because you cannot serve two masters. You can't have God on one side and, and man or your own thing on the other side, and, and, and you want to do both. See, a lot of people want to do both. Uh, see, what, what you mean both, Bishop? I'm glad you asked me because I'm going to tell you. See, a, a lot of people want to have their sin, and they want to still serve God. They want to live a perverted life, but they still want God to bless it. That's the whole See, the, See, the, a Burger King saint wants God to bless them in their sin. Saul wanted God to bless him in his sin. That's why he told him, he, that's why he told Samuel, he said, Yet I have sinned, but will you acknowledge me before the people? And then I'll turn and I'll worship God. My God. See, you can be caught up in your stuff to the point and be your own demise. It reminds me when the late Paul Harvey, y'all remember the Paul Harvey radio show? Any of y'all remember that? Paul Harvey began to talk about how Eskimos kill wolves. He said what they would do, they would stick a knife in the blood and they would freeze it. Then they would stick knife in the blood again and freeze it. And, they, I, and that's after they'd gotten the knife real sharp. They would freeze it again. Then they would keep on freezing layers of blood on that knife. Then they would stick it up in the snow where just the blade and the blood is showing. The wolf would come through there and the wolf, the wolf with his king smell would begin to smell the blood. When he smelled the blood, he would start licking that, licking the ice, that, that frozen blood on that ice. He would just lick because he was so engulfed in, in his own selfishness and what he wanted, so engulfed in to, to pleasing himself, he kept licking that blade that he did not even realize that he had licked all the ice off of it and now was sucking on his own blood. 
The knife had cut into his tongue, and he's still licking. And, and the next morning, the Eskimo would come through and find the wolf dead. That's how they would kill him. They'd find him dead where he cut himself to death and was sucking on his own blood and didn't even know it. You got to understand, see, if you hold on to that mess and you want to keep on holding that and all of a sudden, and, and, and because you are so caught up in your lust, because the scripture said, you, you know, we, we, we're taken out by our own lust if we do not allow that thing to be given over to God. He said, it's your own. In other words, everybody's got a challenge. And if you don't give it to God, that same thing can take you out. The same thing. And so here it is. The Eskimo would pick up the dead wolf. The dead wolf had killed himself and didn't even know it. Saul fell prey to the lure of power and his own pride. He fell prey to that. Saul himself, he felt that he deserved that position. He felt that he deserved that power. So he said, I'm going to do it my way. Set up his own monument. Now that was bold. He said, I'm going to do it my way. When God had given him everything that he had. And so what you have to understand here, Saul had two erroneous ideas. Saul felt that he said, I'll do evil that good may come of it. The second erroneous idea he had, he said, if I do good in one area, then God will overlook my evil in another area. That's the way people think right now. They say, well, you know, when, 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 when Deacon Griffin, you know, had the turkey drive, I bought a turkey. And so it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter, if, you know, if, if I stole something out of Walmart. Since I bought that turkey, God should wipe my slate clean for that. Want God to bless it anyway. How many of y'all know God ain't going to take it anyway? Oh, yeah, he said, he said come to the altar as you are. But when you come to the altar, he said, give it all to me. He said, I'm not going to let you live with all that sin, amen, with me. He said, you got to lay it all down and then come before me. Amen, somebody. And so we have to understand, amen, that God is not a God that he should lie. Everything in his word. See, let me tell you what. A Burger King is saying that those are they, they call, they're calling God's bluff. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Can I walk the floor with this right here just a minute? Amen. Folk are calling God's bluff. God aligns in Scripture in many places, in Romans, in Corinthians, all over the Bible, even in the book of Revelation. He said, I will not accept this. If you do this, you will not go to heaven. You will not see the kingdom. And folk are calling this bluff. They're, they're doing it anyway. They, and, and they think just because it's going, going in the law and all that stuff, it's over. They do, they're calling God's bluff. They say, okay, we're going to do it anyway. What you going to do? But God said, I'm not a God that I should lie. Let, let me read something to you real quick. I'm, I'm going to get ready to let you go. I'm getting ready to leave. I know some of y'all pants leg on fire, but I'm getting ready to read something to you. Ecclesiastes 8 and 11 says, says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. They say, Just because they, no brick haven't hit them beside the head now, Oh, we're getting away with it. This is all right. 
when, when you look at Numbers 23 and 23, it says, be sure your sin will find you out. Let, let, let me say this. I, I got to close. I got to get out of here. Let, let me tell you something. Saul spared one Amalekite. He spared one. We even see even down the line because since when you read that scripture, it lets you know right then God knew what he was talking about. It was the Amalekites that raided Ziklag and took David's wives, took all of them wives, amen, and, and, and burnt the whole city down. That's way, that's way down in, 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 in the 30th chapter. We're in the 15th right now. God knew what he's talking about. See, if you hold on to that mess, that same thing going to come back to haunt you. Oh, my God, my God, my God. And, and, and we see here in the scripture, oh, my God. Well, Saul decided, okay, you know, I, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to spare one. But when we go to 1 Samuel chapter 31, I believe it's verse 1 through 6, we'll see that it was an Amalekite that snuffed out Saul's life. The same, he, it was just like a ghost came back to haunt him. It was a, 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 a Malachite that came back and killed him. That same thing that you're holding on. If you're not careful, that thing will come back. And if not kill you physically, it will surely kill you spiritually. The same thing. Because Samuel turned from him, and when he turned from him, you, you know, Saul wanted, Saul going to reach out, and all of a sudden, he ripped, ripped his cloak. Samuel looked at him. He said, the same way this ripped, God just ripped the kingdom from your hands. See, God was so mad, he didn't just take it from him, he ripped it from him. God said, you're going to rebel against me? He said, I'm going to rip it out of your hands took it from him oh my god Saul had it made but it got on the wrong track look at your name and say stay on track stay on track I'm closing but what God is saving you from right now you got to let him have it if not, that same thing will come back. See, not a, see, even if you if you go down and you look at and you look at Esther, three and one. Esther three and one. It was Haman. They called him an Agagite because he was a relative. He was come, come down through the bloodline of Agag. And if God had not intervened, he used Mordecai. If God had not intervened, Haman was getting ready to wipe out the entire nation of Israel. Because one man rebelled against God. Your whole family can be wiped out simply because there's something you holding on to, my God. Hallelujah. Woo! When you see whole families being destroyed, I'm, I guarantee you, if you track it, it's where one person rebelled against what they know they should have been doing. One person rebelled. 
one and messed up the whole family line. And if God don't intervene, it would never be straight. And God's calling some of y'all in here right now because you know what? You know right now that thing that's been in your family for years. And you know why? It's because one person, one person rebelled against the things of God. And when God brought them to a crossroad and said, kill it and kill it now, they didn't kill it. They wanted to hold on to it. What are you holding on? Talking about I'm holding on to this for a rainy day. You're right. It's going to rain. Hallelujah. Some of y'all see it in your family. You can see it trying to go down through the bloodline. Because see that? God knew. He, that's why God said destroy everything. See, I know. I know, see, some of y'all is just a little baby seeing right now. And you say, well, I can't kill. I can handle it right now. That's why he said destroy every man and woman of the Amalekite and, and the children. What that meant, what you got to understand, before you get, before you get off track thinking, thinking that, that's so good, he was talking about, is referring to us right now. I know it happened then, but to us, it's referring to what we call a little baby sin. Because that little thing is going, everything starts out small. For alcoholic, it started out with a sip. For a drug addict, it just started out, I'm going to try and take a puff. I'm going to try and take one hit, just see how it is. That adultery, that fornication, it started out small. You, know, you thought you can jump in and jump out, but all of a sudden now it got good to you, and now you, know, you still come to church. But you're hoping God will receive you still. still Why are you still doing it? You're still stopping by that house doing your thing, but you, you, you're hoping God will receive you still. You, 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 you still... Take a hit every now and then, but you, 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 you hope God will take you still because you at least still come to church. That's a Burger King saint. You want to do it your way. You want to give it up, but you still want to. Let me tell you something. I'm going to stop right here, and I want the ministers to get ready to come. Let me tell you something. God is such a loving God. The Bible said that love covers a multitude of sin. Now see, some of y'all, you, you, you think you, you got it hid in the back. Some of it don't nobody know it, but you and God. And some of you, there's three that know it. You, God, and that demon that pushed you to do it. But God said, if you come today, if you come today, I'll throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. See, let me tell you something. Saul had messed up, and Saul never did really come back and repent. If you read him only, he never did really come back and get it right like he should have. He still wanted to do it his way. Don't be like Saul. Somebody else, and that somebody else may be you that's going to have to destroy that thing in your family. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Samuel stood there, and then he called and said, bring Agag here. So Agag walked up delicately. Old King Agag. 
and then had the nerve to say, Elfrazy, he had the nerve to say, surely death has passed now. Surely y'all not going to kill me now. I mean, you, you already got me, you know, you got me captured. You know. Surely y'all not going to let me, you know, you know, death has passed, surely. Samuel took a soul. He said, those women that you have made childless. He said, I'm going to make your mother the same way. In other words, he said, I'm going to do what God said to do in the beginning. And he took that sword and cut him to pieces. In other words, when we're looking at it in the spiritual realm, he cut that sin up. Stopped it right there in that particular portion. That was a symbol for us. You got to stop it. You got to do what God said do. You got to put, what is it that you're still holding on to that you need to cut down? He chopped it down. And he said that Samuel never came back after then.